Praise the Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> well, that's, that's why we travel together a lot, because uh, when, the, when the crowd tries to get quiet on us, we can at least encourage one another. <laughs> Amen. We were in Wichita last week, or this, yeah, last week. We did services Tuesday through Thursday, praise the Lord. And I was, um, had to help very loudly from the front row for a few of the nights. But we finally got there by the last night. We got the crowd uh, involved, praise the Lord, excited and, and uh, believing what the word says. So yeah. praise the Lord. He's Amen. good. He's good. He's good. good. Amen. Turn with me to um, Habakkuk, please, chapter 2. I was going to go a certain direction this morning, but uh, this morning it, it seemed good uh, to just take a little bit of a detour from what I had originally planned. So you'll bear with me if we uh, just look at a few things that were on my heart. Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, Habakkuk uh, is a short little book. Only three chapters. And, um, of course, these, these are, uh, he's one of what we call, I'd hate to meet him and call him this in heaven, but we call him the minor prophets. Uh, not because they were minor in importance, but because their, their books are smaller. <laughs> As opposed to, say, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, you know, 60-some chapters. Um, so... So he gets the name Minor Prophet because he only has three chapters in here. But um, they're, they're still important uh, books in the Bible. You, you understand every part of the Bible is going to help us in some way or another. Yes. The whole Bible is written for us, meaning as Christians, the whole Bible, it, there's things that we can glean from the whole Bible. Right. Now, I say that because we also need to realize that not all of the Bible was written to us, meaning uh, it wasn't all written to the church, the New Testament church. What were those, the books that were written to the New Testament church? Guess where they're found? Oh, you got it. Good job. Good job. An A on the test. The New Testament church finds their instruction and direction for the most part in the New Testament. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, that helps you divide and discern how to interpret this Bible. So when we look at the Old Testament, we can find things that will encourage us, of course. We can, we can look at things uh, and, and see prophecies fulfilled. Like there's, there's a ton in the New Testament, or excuse me, the Old Testament about the birth of the Messiah and the life of the Messiah, right? Yes. Well, we, we have the privilege now after Jesus has come and done what he was going to do at his first coming. We, we can actually go back into the Old Testament and say, there's a, pro there's a prophecy, there's, there's a prophecy, that was fulfilled, that was fulfilled, that was fulfilled. That, that's an awesome privilege for us. Yeah. So we, we have, we have um, 
insight into the Old Testament Amen. that when they were writing things, they were writing them and uh, some of the stuff they wrote down, especially in, the, in these prophets, that it seemed kind of weird. I mean, Ezekiel was talking about wheels and, and creatures, and Isaiah was prophesying about things to come that he couldn't even really describe because he had never seen those things before. I mean, how do you describe like an airplane or a helicopter if you've never seen anything fly before, except a bird? Right? So they were seeing things for the future and trying to write down and describe things without ever uh, knowing what they were. It, it's just an interesting way to look. But we have an opportunity, living in the time that we do, to go back and look at things and say, oh, I bet he was talking about this. Oh, he, he, was, he was actually seeing this. And so the, the prophets of old, they saw things that were going on in their everyday uh, world. And Habakkuk, at this time, he was, seeing, uh, uh, he was seeing Israel taken over by other nations because Israel was disobedient yes. to God. They had stopped serving him. They had started serving other gods. They were doing, Israel was doing just about everything they could to defy God. Right. To go, they were going out of their way to provoke the anger of the Lord, if I could say it that way. You know, if you know what to do, I mean, in the very least, to serve and bless God, and you choose defiantly to go the other direction, uh, well, that's going to cause some problems in your life. It just, it just is, right? And so, so Habakkuk was seeing all this stuff happen to Israel. And in, in chapter 1, it's, I, I like some of the titles. You know, my Bible has titles over some of the passages. And it says Habakkuk's complaint. And then later on it says Habakkuk's second complaint. In other words, he's coming before the Lord saying, what's going on here? You know, uh, you know there's a lot of bad things happening. And, and we're going to pick this up. We're not going to read the complaints today. I'm going to save you that. But we're going to pick it up in uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And uh, Habakkuk says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. Yes, yes. Now, let's stop right there. Uh, back in that day, in the cities that they had, many of the cities... That, uh, the bigger cities, what we would call fortified cities, had t uh, they had uh, walls around them, right? How many remember what the Jericho had a big wall around it? They, they would put walls around the city. Why? To help protect it from invaders. And in these walls, they'd also put towers. And they'd have guards that would go up to the lookout tower, right? And they would watch to see what was coming. Is there an enemy coming? Is there, is there uh, goods and, and help coming? You know, whatever. They always had somebody on the lookout. Any good military person knows you have people, you know, if you're out in the bush or wherever you are and, and you're in a, a wartime situation, there's going to be somebody that doesn't sleep at night. Somebody is going to be keeping watch. They're, they're on the lookout. And Habakkuk, he wasn't going up to the physical tower. 
he was comparing this to, I'm going to go up and watch to see what God has to say. When you see this in the Old Testament, a lot of times in the Old Testament, these prophets will talk about going to my watch post, stationing myself on the tower. What they mean is they're watching, they're looking into God's realm. Yes. They're looking into the spirit realm to see their answers. We could learn some things right there. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. In other words, don't just complain about what's going on around you. Yeah. If you want God's answer, you're going to have to station yourself in God's realm. Yep. Praise the Lord. Come on, let me get off this verse, guys. And look out. I will look out to see what he will say to me. Position yourself when you need to hear from God. Position yourself in his realm. Yes, yeah. Position yourself to hear from him. Sometimes that means you got to pull away. Not from church. We don't pull away from church. No, no, no. Some, uh, we, don't, we don't pull away from church because I've got to hear from God now. Are you kidding me? No. Part of your mail, part of your answer comes through your local church. Glory to God. The voice of your pastor, the voice of whoever's up in the pulpit is going to bring you your answers. Praise the Lord. And if you don't get all the specific answers, you're going to get general answers for what to do for the rest of the week. Hallelujah. So we're not pulling away from the things of God. Matter of fact, we are, uh, we are focusing more on the things of God by pulling away from the things of this earth. Yes. Sometimes, you know, I, I'll sit down at night. Sometimes I'm tired. I will watch a cooking show on TV. I will put something on that's, that's clean and won't... Um, bother my spirit, if I could say it that way. I'll, I'll watch a remodeling show, right? Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll watch something on TV. There's nothing wrong with it. But there are times where I just know in my heart, not this week. The TV's off this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend that time in the Word. I'm going to spend that time on the watch post, <laughs> stationed on the tower. Amen. Yeah. Because there's direction needed. There are answers that are needed in my life. And the only place I'm going to get them is from God. I'm not going to get them from Netflix. No matter how much fun it is to watch, I I won't get my godly answers from there. Praise the Lord. Glory. This is already interesting. So I look out to see what he will say to me and what, I, and what he will answer concerning my complaint, or what I will answer, it says. Uh, what I will answer concerning my play, complaint. In, in other words, I'm going to have a conversation with God. If he's bringing me some, in, in, some information, I'm going to talk to him about what I'm seeing. Do you know it's okay to talk to God? about what you see around you, especially when it's not satisfactory. We just read that it, in, uh, in God, it, it's possible to lack nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. Deuteronomy chapter 8, we just read that during the offering. It's possible to lack nothing. But how many, uh, well, I don't need a show of hands. Let's just say there have been times in the life of Reverend Joel and myself where we have seen and encountered come up to lack. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Well, this isn't a, isn't a time to complain, Habakkuk, sorry, but it's a time to go talk to God. And what he means when he says complain is he's, he's going to come before God and say, God, you said, you said this. You said, if I'm following you, I will lack nothing. Mm -hmm. But what I am encountering right now, what I see in the natural realm, I, is lack everywhere. <laughs> and so, uh, help. <laughs> help me know what steps to take what to do how, what to confess Amen. what to say in other words any time that there's a situation that comes up in the natural that doesn't match up to the scriptures uh, faith is going to be required Amen. right Amen. this is an opportunity for us to use our faith how does faith come someone by hearing from God. So my first answer when I see lack is not just to start talking at it. My first thing to do is go talk to God and hear from him. How do we handle this situation? Does that make sense? I wasn't planning to preach on faith, but here we are. Uh, we always preach on faith. What, what, when situations don't look like they should in your life, you've got to go to your watch post, station yourself on the tower, hear from God, what do we do in this situation? You might know off the top of your head 15 scriptures that, that show you, we just read one in Deuteronomy 8, if you come up to lack, you understand that according to the word of God, you, uh, your life should lack nothing. But how many know there's specific steps to take in every situation? So although we look at that and say, oh, this isn't what God said I should have, now I've got to go talk to God. I've got to station myself with him in his presence. And here, why is this here? What's going on? Is this just an attack of the enemy? Did I open the door to the enemy by complaining and pulling away from the things of God? What did, what's going on? And that's exactly what Habakkuk was doing. What's going on here? Why, why, why are we in captivity in, when your word says that we are to be a free people? We're to be a people that serves you. Right, right. And, and the first thing Habakkuk did was position himself to hear. We don't get upset when situations don't look right in the natural. How many times did Jesus tell us uh, it's not always going to look great? Right? Yes. He told us, in the world, we're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Right? And so we don't get upset, but we do take action. And the action we take is first to get the faith we need by hearing from him. Hearing from God. And so um, Habakkuk does that. And verse 2 says, and the Lord answered me. When we go to God, we can expect to hear from him. We can expect an answer. Now, that might not always be an audible voice, right? Uh, sometimes we're just, uh, we're, we're just prompted on the inside. We just know what to do. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes... 
When I uh, am asking God about a certain situation, a scripture comes to mind. It kind of floats up from the inside. Well, that's my answer. That scripture is my answer. That's my confession to speak to that problem. In the, in the face of that problem, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak that word. Amen. Praise the Lord. You understand that some trials can be turned in a moment. Yes. Others can take time. And that's what Habakkuk was facing. Uh, I mean, they were, uh, the children of Israel were actually in captivity for 70-some years. And it was the plan of God, actually. Uh, it wasn't fun, a fun time for them. Uh, it was because of their disobedience. So, I mean, God, God knew it was going to happen. <laughs> but uh, but it, he, it, it was just part of the way things played out. But even so, Habakkuk was like, uh, I, I, need to, I need to spend time with the Lord and find out What's our way out? What, what do we do here? So the Lord answered me, verse 2, and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Now that's not talking about iPads, although that would be really cool if it was. Maybe it was, and he didn't know it. Maybe it was. Praise the Lord. He's seeing into the future. All right. Where's my iPad? Let's write it down. No, um, write the vision. Make it plain on tablet so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And then verse 4 says, behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. This is one of the many places it talks about the righteous or the just living by his faith. Praise the Lord. The righteous shall live by faith. Do we have the new living translation? Yeah, verse 2, please. The Lord said to me, write my answers plainly on tablets, there it is again, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. I like that. So a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Now, these prophets, like I said, they were seeing the coming of Jesus as the Messiah. Some of them were also seeing his return, his second coming, uh, when he was coming for his church and then, and then uh, coming to wrap this whole thing up at the end of, of the age. Uh, there's lots of different segments and parts to uh, 
let's just say, Earth's journey <laughs> with the Lord. And so uh, they had to try and discern which segment of this vision is for right now, which part of it is for coming in the future. You know, wh where are we? What should we do? And Habakkuk, like all the other prophets and all the other people of God, they had to discern these things. Guess what we get to do with our lives? The same thing. Praise the Lord. There are things that God will show us about our future. We need to be able to discern, is that for next week? Is that for 20 years from now? Right? Or am I seeing way into the future? Or am I seeing beyond my life into what's coming later? And, and I've watched people get derailed in their Christian walk by getting in the presence of God and sensing some things about their future and people jumping ahead trying to make that future happen tomorrow. Does that make sense? When God shows us things about our future... And listen, he may never show you anything except what to do today. And that's okay, right? Right? But he, if, he, if he gives us glimpses of our future, we need to ask God what we're supposed to do with that. Yeah. There's times where he's just giving us a hint. For example, I, I believe I've said this before, but when the, the first month we were at Rama Bible Training Center going to, to Bible school, that sometime in that, those first few weeks we were there, that first month or two, I was in a Sunday service. My husband must have been playing music or something because I was by myself just worshiping in a, a Sunday service, just worshiping the Lord, had my eyes closed, my hands raised, singing. And all of a sudden, I saw a glimpse of myself. I don't know how I knew I was on a stage. Um, there were a ton of people. And I had a microphone, and I knew I was preaching. I, I didn't hear what I was saying, but I just knew I wasn't singing, because I was a singer. One would think, microphone, you're just singing. Uh, I just knew I was preaching. At that point, preaching was not on my radar. Okay? That vision of that place that I saw would have been 30-some years ago still has not come to pass. I've never tried to make it come to pass. I've never walked into big auditoriums and said, oh, this is the one. Can I preach here? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, you know, I'm not... We're not trying to force that matter of fact. I went to, I went to Bible school, never said anything about preaching. We went to uh, New York, went to our uh, pioneer first church. He was the pastor, not me, right? I never really said anything about preaching, although I did preach once in a while to help him out, or if he was out of town, I'd step into the pulpit. But um, this wasn't something I pressed to try and make happen. What was God doing? He was helping me by showing me that before I had even really had too many weeks of Bible school. He was helping me realize, pay attention, you're going to need this more than you think. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He was showing me there's more to your future than you realize. 
right? Right? So the faithfulness and the attention to detail I put into the local church I was in right then and how I treated the local church when we stepped out and pioneered, all of that was going to matter to how well I stepped into the call he had for my life. Those things, that glimpse, and I mean, it was a momentary, brief, mini vision, right? Just saw it, and then boom, it was gone. But I've always remembered it. And from time to time, I'll rehearse that. Why? To, to help me remember, God will show me things to come, and it could be decades down the road. But if he's showing it to you, there's a reason. Yes. Yeah. And most of the time, it's so you'll stay faithful where you're at. Yes. Yes. It's not to jump ahead and try and make that thing come to pass yourself. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Habakkuk was, he was having to figure out which part of this vision is for now. What, what's, and the Lord was said, some of the things that you're seeing is for a future time. A lot of what the prophets saw in the Old Testament, they never got to see the fulfillment of. Hebrews 11 even talks about all the the great men and women of faith, right? Abraham did this by faith. Sarah did this by faith. Noah did this by faith. They did and accomplished a lot in their lives. But Hebrews 11 ends by saying none of them actually saw the complete fulfillment, which was Jesus being born, which was uh, his, the redemption of the people, glory to God, the possibility for the body of Christ to be on the earth. None of the people in the Old Testament saw that. They didn't, they weren't privileged to see that in uh, real time, if we could say. They, they see glimpses of it from where they're at. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we want to be able to see what, what, what things are for now, what things are for uh, the near future. And the things that are for the near future, we need to be contending for. We need to be believing for. We need to be standing in our watchtower and, and listening to uh, what God would give us specific instructions for. Um, I say all that to say that um, we have an opportunity here at Faith Church. Um, we have been told by um, the Meadows neighborhood group here that run the Grange that we are no longer allowed to meet here on Sundays. They, um, they want to keep it open for their other clientele that come in and, and things like that. So they're not allowing any more regular uh, meetings, like uh, continual meetings going on. They're letting us go to the Taft down the street. So starting the first Sunday in August, we are moving down there. Um, so thankfully, we have a place, but obviously we all meet there on Tuesdays. We know it's smaller. There's only one bathroom. It's going to be a little bit more of a challenge to meet down there. The other challenge with that is there's another church that meets right across the street in the school right there, literally 
across the street. So um, we can't do as much signage and things. We've already contacted that pastor. Let him know. It wasn't our idea to be there, but we will be for at least a little bit. And we have been actively looking and will continue to look for the right spot for us to meet. Um, but you can be believing with us. You can be uh, standing on the watchtower with us as, as we are getting before God and finding out what's the next step. Because, uh, you know, we can find another place to tear, you know, to like a school or something like that where we set up and tear down and, and things like that. But there comes a time, too, where uh, God might have a real place, like a, a permanent place for us. Yes. But how many know that's going to take as much of a miraculous move of God as anything else? Praise the Lord. Um, just, but God's big. God's big. So I want to... Um, I want us to look at another scripture, if we could. So we're just writing the vision out and, uh, and letting you know um, the vision of the church has not changed. Right? The location may, which we've done that before. Right? <laughs> the location may, but the vision of the church was birthed in us before we moved here to Castle Rock, and it has never left. Right? So although there's change in the natural circumstances, the vision of the church and, and uh, really what, what our slogan, motto, whatever you want to call it, uh, statement is, uh, is called helping people know God. And if you go on our website, that's what it'll say. Faith Church Colorado, helping people know God. That's not changed. That's still the vision. That's still the mandate, right? That's still what we're doing, and we'll do it wherever we're at. Praise the Lord. Yes. And uh, it's going to require all of us to uh, hook up with that and to be believing for that, because if we can find the right spot, praise the Lord, uh, it can help us grow yes. yeah. and help us do what we need to do in this area. Praise yes. the Lord. Amen. So um, in First Chronicles chapter 17... And like I said, I, I wasn't really planning to go this direction, but this morning when I, I was up pretty early and just sitting outside, and it just seemed good to take some time with this and, and, and look at this um, in the Word. Praise the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1 said, Now when David lived in his house, this was when David was king, he had finished... Uh, a lot of, uh, he, he had conquered a lot of the land and a lot of the enemies around him. He had built, David had built his own house. And he says, now when David lived in his house, David said to Nathan the prophet, behold, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. And Nathan said to David, do all that is in your heart for God is with you. So, so David was saying, look, I've got a really nice house. We just built it. It's lined with cedar. <laughs> you know, he imported the cedar. It's, uh, he said, this is really nice. And, and God's, the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence back then resided, said it's still in the tent because that just doesn't seem right. 
And so the, the prophet looked at Nathan, another, or excuse me, Nathan the prophet looked at David. David was basically saying, can we build him a house? Can we build God a house? And, and the prophet, you know, prophets will say what seems good just in general when they haven't heard from God. And that's right. That's, that's what we all do, right? And, and the prophet just said to David, do what seems good to your heart. Sounds good. Build, the house, build a house for God. It sounded good. So that night, verse 3, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, the prophet, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, it is not you who will build me a house to dwell in. What are we getting? We're getting specifics. We're getting instructions from the Lord. It's not you who will build me a house to dwell in, for I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up Israel to this day. But I have gone from tent to tent and from dwelling to dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? In other words, God's saying, I haven't asked for this. Verse 7, now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a name like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place. Look at this. I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And I will plant them. That they may dwell in their own place yes. and be disturbed no more. Amen. And violent men, other translations say evil men, which simply means natural men, shall waste them no more as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, um, and I will subdue all your enemies. Moreover, I declare to you that the Lord will build you a house. So the Lord's saying, I'm going to build David a house, meaning his generations and generations of his seed are going to be in the kingship. And then um, he says in verse 11, when your days are fulfilled to walk with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. So the word of the Lord came to Nathan after Nathan had told David, just do whatever seems good. Nathan goes home and at night gets a visitation from God and God says, I didn't ask for this. David's, David's asking for this. Said there is to be a house, but it's not David who's supposed to build it. It's going to be Solomon, right? And we know Solomon did. And the house, the, the palace, the temple, the temple was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it, was, it was beautiful. It was, I like how uh, in the King James it says it this way, that the temple was exceeding magnifical. Not the way we talk around here, but I like that phrase, right? If we're going to have something, we want it to be exceeding magnifical. 
<laughs> Praise yeah. the Lord. It sounds really good. Yeah. Exceeding magnifical. But um, the reason I bring this up is, of course, verse, verse 10 is what, what keeps coming. Well, excuse me, verse 9. Verse 9, I will appoint a place for my people. Glory to God. And, of course, this is talking about the people of Israel and, and uh, the temple, where it's supposed to be. But we can take this for ourselves in the New Testament, right? And for us here at Faith Church. I will appoint a place for my people and will plant them that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. Glory to God. Glory to God. And be disturbed no more. So obviously, ultimately, our plan is to find our own place. A place where we can be planted and where people can know that they're going to stay there. And even in that, that place, if we find our own building, our own place, that doesn't mean that you're always just in that one location. How many know you can grow out of a building and need another building, right? So there are stages and phases to this. And the reason I wanted to read this was because uh, David had the right idea in his heart, but he needed the plan of God. And so he talked to the prophet of God. And the prophet of God got the, direct, the, the, the right instruction for that time. And you know what David did after, after Nathan came and told him? David said, okay, okay, I got it. So it's not my job. My son is going to have this job. He said, but my son is young. And uh, he might not know everything that he needs to do. Or he might not know how to carry this out. So what David did was he decided, I'll make preparation for my son. He started taking offerings. He started gathering material. He started pulling in lumber. He started started getting stuff ready so that when Solomon stepped in and it was time to build... All the resources that he needed were in place. Everything that they needed was there. Praise the Lord. And so I say that to say this. Whatever our instructions are for our next spot, our next position in this town, let's start making preparation for the plant. For, for the getting getting a place of our own, all right. So, what does that mean? Well, a lot of churches do building funds. They have different goals. They have different things. I honestly don't know all of what that means right now. We're going to spend some time on the watchtower. Okay seeing what needs to take place. But I know this, it's going to involve all of us. Yes. <laughs> it's going to involve all of our faith. It's going to involve our resources. It's going to invo- involve us believing God for all the money to come that's going to be needed. So we can start making preparation, right? We can start believing God for all that's going to be needed if someone handed us a keys to a building today, it would still need to be 
uh, redone the way we need it to be redone. We'd still need chairs. We'd still need equipment. We'd still need stuff to go in there, right? So we're talking about a, a big project and the size that we, of people, you know, the congregation that we have is not exceedingly large. But in the Bible, most of the time, I don't see exceedingly large groups of people winning the battle with God. Right? Right? Right. Right. And so we want to just spend some time. So these next two Tuesday nights that we're that we're meeting uh, for prayer, we're going to specifically be praying along these lines. It just it seems good that we can come together as a family and and be praying about these things. But whatever instructions we get, let's just go with it. 100%, 100%, right? And if it's at the Taft House, woo, we'll, 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 make, we'll make do with it. And if it's set up and tear down somewhere else, praise the Lord, we've been doing it for years. We know how to do it. Yeah. We can keep going, right? And uh, we're just going to believe God for his best and the right time for the place of our own. Glory to God, Amen. where we can be planted. Yes. Amen. Amen? Is there anything you want to... Uh, Add to that. I can be done. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Place of our own. Hallelujah. Uh, We'll just add to that. uh, We've known about this for maybe a month or so. Uh, Maybe two months? Six weeks? Go. Yeah, beginning of the summer, we've known about this, but we really thought we had a place and we're working towards that and dealing with some uh, people on it. And kind of, kind of, um, we had a we had a broker we were uh, working with, and um, they were trying to get a deal put together because uh, we because it was available. We were the first ones that had inquired, and uh, the ownership group. Um, basically didn't want to work with the church and took somebody else and is working with them. So that kind of just fell apart real recently, which is why we just didn't get to say anything about it till today, because we thought we might be able to say, hey, this is where we're going. But how many know none of that catches God by surprise? And, uh, but the thing is, too, I'll just say this, you know, as if we, uh, if we spend a little bit of time at the Taft House, uh, part of me will not settle for that because there's just things we can't do there. We, 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 you know, we barely accommodate little ones here. You just almost can't there. You know, there's just the space isn't there and stuff like that. And I just want to say this. You know what we're not is we're not satisfied, even though we, we love you, your family, we're not satisfied with just you. Uh, th- this is not just a club uh, for, just, for just this group of people. It, we, got to, we got to be able to reach out. And uh, that's, that's why I'm just doing it in the home. That doesn't work because I, you can't have visitors come. And it's a big deal to be, you know, we've been here over 10 years in this place. And uh, we're not, don't, I also don't want you to misunderstand, we're not upset at the decision that uh, was handed to us. You know, we, uh, like I've told you a couple weeks ago, we didn't do anything that we know of. We, we've never missed a payment in all those years. God's been so faithful with that. And uh, we've complied, you know, we've had a couple times we got called on the carpet for stuff, but we always complied with what we've been asked to do here. And so we're, we're grateful for, for this place. But we also don't mind, uh, we also don't mind the opportunity to step out in faith 
and and know that uh, know that where we're going has to be temporary, right? <laughs> and so, uh, just what she said, we believe that there's a place where uh, where uh, we can do what we want to do, but also we're we're not looking to put extraordinary amounts of pressure on any on anybody here by uh, getting ourselves into a situation that's that's not doable. So we're going to be led on this and uh, take our time to be led on it and do just the right thing. Is that, does that make sense to you? Amen. We've done, we've done stuff before where we had our own place and, you know, when we last met pastor, rented. And uh, praise the Lord. So we've done it that way. We've done it this way. And we're, gonna, we're just going to keep going and we're going to get to the other side of the transition. Amen. And we know how to do it because we've been in transition many times before. And already, personally, we're in transition. I mean, we, we're selling our home by the direction of the Lord. And uh, so just obeying him on that. So how many, how many agree with us? And, and I'll just say one other thing. You know what? God has been faithful to bring people here. And he has drawn people here. And if, if the ones who he brought here had stayed here, We'd be in, a, we'd be in uh, probably a, a real different situation. I'm talking about over the, t over the uh, almost 11 years we've been meeting here. You know, we'd be in a different position. But not everybody's been faithful. I know who has. We have and y'all have. And so God will bless us according to our faithfulness, not according to somebody else's unfaithfulness. Amen. So how many know it's all, it, all, it all works out? Amen. The other thing is anytime a church is in any kind of transition, the enemy uses that kind of, uh, that opportunity to deal with people. The enemy will deal with people that it's a good time to exit because we're moving down the street and just disappear now. I've seen it. You don't know how many times over the years I've seen that happen, mostly with other, other ministers that I know. And they've, they've told me, you know, we moved. We finally got our building. We lost 30% of our people. We don't all we did was go to a different location. But I know that's not y'all. And so, uh, and it w if it was, guess what we're going to keep doing? We're going to keep obeying God. Praise God. Is that all you have uh, for today? Good. The word's good, isn't it? The word's good. Hallelujah. And we're going to walk out the vision and uh, praise the Lord. Be excited about it. Praise God. There's a lot we'll talk to you about in the coming weeks of what this means and stuff like that. And again, uh, it, was, it was kind of tossed at us. And thank God we have a temporary landing spot. We know, it's not, we know it just can't be a permanent landing spot if we want any kind of momentum. So we're looking for that other, that other spot. Thought we had it. And so we're just focused on that, not looking elsewhere for a couple weeks. And then that fell out. And so uh, here we go. Praise. Don't you love serving God? You can't say it's not an adventure. Amen. And it's a fun adventure. So uh, bless y'all. We're going to dismiss now. Uh, I think we're just going to go right to tear down.